Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Inside, Whoopi Goldberg's and Fox News Judge Janine Pierro's View Dust Up. Superhero fanboys and fangirls hit San Diego for Comic-Con. But back here in L.A., why was Hollywood on a firing spree this week? Plus, Roseanne unhinged again? All that and more on Meet the Hollywood Press for Sunday, June 22nd, 2018. I'm Mackenzie Fain, filling in for Alina Vision, and now... Your host of Meet the Hollywood Press, Joseph Cash. Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Meet the Hollywood Press. Mackenzie, thank you for that wonderful opening. You're so um, welcome. And welcome, Mackenzie, to the show. Mackenzie, tell people a little bit about yourself. You're filling in for Alina, who Absolutely. did a fabulous job. Thank you so much. I um, have been working at AfterBuds here for uh, since I was 17 years old. Nice. So um, done a lot of shows, and super excited to be here with you guys today. It's such a great show. I sat in last time, and it was amazing. So. Great. We nice. welcome you. Thanks. Thank you Thank for doing you. that. And um, we have got a lot to cover. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce my panel today. Joining us at the Meet the Hollywood Press table is Mark Malkin. Hi. Viewers will probably know Mark. You're probably one of the most recognizable faces on the red carpet by this point, I would say, Mark. You're going to be modest about it. (laughs) (laughs) Mark has spent many years um, working for E. You were with Entertainment Tonight for a period of time. And he's currently freelancing, doing your own thing, Mark Malkin, um, on Facebook, and uh, writing for Hollywood Reporter and Architectural Digest. Thank you for taking time to speak with us today. And returning to Meet the yes, Hollywood sir. Press by popular demand. Lots of <laughs> lots of positive feedback. Anita Bennett, who is the managing editor and creator of Urban Hollywood 411. Correct. And you're killing it over there with exclusives. I'm I should trying. tell people. She just launched it, people. Check it out. Seriously, Urban Hollywood 411. She's got some good dish on there. Uh, she also spent some time at LA Daily News in uh, editor positions, KTLA News you worked at, and also The Wrap. The Wrap, that's right. Welcome for coming back. Thank you. Okay, are we ready to um, dive in? Let's Hold do down. it. Okay. So, starting with the view, the view dust up. Oh my God. I mean, I'm living for the fact I get to talk about the view in a show inspired by the view, like every other panel. But uh, I just love the fact that the view is still going strong. Oh my every God. once in a while, they have getting better. Yes, it's getting better. Yeah. Um, so, uh, for those of you who maybe don't know, I don't know how you wouldn't hit everywhere <laughs> on the internet. Whoopi Goldberg, um, the moderator of The View, they had Fox News' Judge Janine Pirro mm-hmm. on this week. She was promoting a new book of hers, and obviously they're discussing politics, and the two of them, woo, started to get into it. 
Of the epic proportion, maybe I'd say almost where Rosie O'Donnell and the split screen. Do we think it got to that point, the split screen with Rosie and uh, Elizabeth? Uh, on no, the border of Whoopi it. Goldberg, she had this. She did. Yeah, she had, <laughs> she had it on lock. <laughs> well, well, the thing that actually really provoked it, though, was the word Trump derangement syndrome. That sent it off when basically Whoopi, we're going to actually roll a clip right now and then we'll, we'll come back to this discussion. Okay, so go ahead. Okay. So, yeah, it was a cordial conversation. Well, first of all, you know when you bring Judge Janine Pirro yeah. on a left-leaning show, there will be sparks. Yeah. I mean, and, and Janine knew that going in there, too. You're not going on the view saying, oh, I'm going to convert them to Fox News fans. Yeah. Well, that's – okay, so that's what I – that's what brings me to my first question about this. I – do you guys, as media, feel that it's not doing a service by – like, view a view viewer – excuse me – once you say is is more left leaning, it's female. It's more left leaning, right? Yeah, definitely. So our, I know that we need to have these conversations, but we need to have them civilized. What I think those fights do for the discourse in the country at large is make it worse. But that's my opinion. What do you feel about that? Start Indian, and then I want to hear you, Mark. Too. I think they do make it worse. However, there was a reason for having her on this show. The fact that we're yeah. talking about it, that America was talking about it, the video has generated millions of views. Yes. You don't get that if you just bring on people who cater to the left-leaning base. So there yeah. was a reason behind her booking. Got it. Mark, what do you think? I mean, and also also on the show that day was Anna Navarro. Yeah. I, mean, I so love, I love who, who needs her own show. <laughs> but I, the other day I tweeted she needs to be a judge on uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. But, yes. I mean, she's just, you know... You're going to put her on the show with Janine Pirro. You know there's going to be fireworks if you don't know who Anna Navarro is. Yeah. She's a longtime Republican um, politico, um, but has yeah. been very, very against Trump from the very beginning. She's one of the few That's diehard true. Republicans that speaks out against him in very blunt yeah. and harsh language. So. You know, Janine Pierre, they're no fans of each other. They're not fans. And that's where, if you read some of the reporting after the fact of, like, the behind the scenes, I think Whoopi even said it in her video, which, by the way, do we have the clip up, guys? Uh, let's roll Let's roll a little bit of this Whoopi, and then we'll come back to this. What happened? So there's a lot of spin that she's doing, and I can't do anything about that, but I can tell you what went on. She was upset when she got here because Anna Navarro was here instead of Joy. And after the segment, which ended when it was supposed to, it was not early, it was not late, it ended when it was supposed to, she then called everybody at the table a name I cannot repeat on TV and said it in front of the audience. When I came off stage, I went over there because I was a little hot, okay? So I went to calm down. She came off. She could have just passed me. She didn't need to stop, but she stopped and put a finger in my face and yelled, I've done more for victims than you ever will. Then I said to her some few choice words I cannot repeat. <laughs> yes, I did say it. I did say it. But I did not spit on her. I did not intimidate her. No one chased her out of here saying get out. But she did leave here cursing at the people who booked the show. She cursed at the guys who do the security for the show. So I did say to her in the middle of all this, you and I have never had a problem before. You know, and then I had to go back to work to finish the show, which should tell you none of us were chasing her because we still had another segment to do. So for 20 years, the show has always had people on with different views, like Newt Gingrich, Corey Lewandowski, Charlotte Pence, Sarah Sanders, Trey Gowdy, Dana Perino, Jenna and Barbara Bush, Janine. Good luck with your book. 
Uh, here is number one. I preferred your last book about Robert Durst, but there's no accounting for taste, you know? I like the book. I like the last book. So that's what happened, and I suspect this is... So coming back in from that... Um, She's explaining because basically what the viewers that don't know, there's been all the articles after the fact Mm -hmm. reporting what actually – like or the versions of what happened. And then Janine Pirro spoke to Hannity like immediately like the day before or the night night of and told her Mm – at night and told her version. So my uh, question is – what do you feel – like going back to this question of like the liberal versus conservative media – are these kind of um, public feuds between media personalities doing us any favors? They're not doing us any favors. But again, was this really a feud or was it staged on Janine's part? Because the conversation yeah. was cordial until she mentioned Trump derangement syndrome and pointed at Whoopi. Yes. And then Whoopi said, are you pointing at me? And that's what sparked the yes. blowout. So <laughs> yes. Janine knew exactly what she was doing. And she's already put out a statement saying, hey, thanks. You know, my book is number my book one. Is number one. Exactly. So I, you think she's that, Mark, do you think she's that intelligent and strategic to have stage She's that? completely strategic. Okay. <laughs> you know, did she, you know, did she say before she's going on the show, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get to this point. I don't think so. But she knew there was going to be a fight. She knew that it would be heated. She knew she'd be able to go on Hannity later on and mm-hmm. give her own um, yeah. version of what's going on. And I just love the fact that what happens on The View never stays on The View. No. <laughs> it's, it's the biggest, le- it's more leaky than the Trump White House. Oh, my God. All over the place. Yeah. From when Rosie was there. From when Everywhere. All through it. You know everything. Producer, insider, close to the show. <laughs> Um, so let's. So last night, um, Judge Janine was her show airs Saturdays on Fox News, and so let's run a little clip of like her sort of a piece of her rebuttal to the whole thing. Of what's going on in this country, the level of hatred toward the 45th president of the United States is beyond anything we've seen in American history. He was once an icon sought after for movies, television, by politicians on both sides of the aisle, sports figures, and yes, even the media. Then he ran for president. Now Donald Trump is the target of vitriol so palpable, it's simply frightened. Frightening, and reason has become irrelevant. Okay. We can't have conversations anymore. <clears throat> and the ripple is national in scope. Coming back in. Um, Mark, what do you think of... Um, okay, Donald Trump was never an icon, first of all. <laughs> he wasn't wanted for movies. He was on, like, what was it, like Home Alone 3. <laughs> yes. Yes, he had, he had a huge success with The Apprentice. I, I will give him that. But he was not an icon. He's always been looked at as a failed businessman. I mean, there was, nev- there was never yes. an idea that he was this great businessman. And for her to say, I can't believe how much people hate him. This is a man who started his campaign off by calling Mexicans rapists and drug dealers. He started the hate. I'm sorry. So that's my feelings. But in the context Hmm. of her just telling the whole whoopee side of it, like what I feel though, whereas I need, I want to ask this because there's this sort of a negative stereotype where people will say angry black women like the whole Shonda Rhimes remember that big dust up about that when they called her that do you think that by Janine just how she's so docile in her delivery I almost feel that I just wish Whoopi hadn't got as heated because I do think that when you're in an argument the person sort of that remains calmer mm-hmm. Mackenzie's shaking her head yeah like right there's a point to the remains calmer sort of wins points with the public it's like there see the unhinged uh, left look at Whoopi going crazy kicking her out and she sort of stayed calm smiley the whole time she basically fed what is your opinion on that well first of 
of all, Janine had this carefully orchestrated. I'll start with that. Yeah. I do wish Whoopi had not lost her cool the way that she did. But it's yeah. like you go to someone's house and you act up at someone's house. So I don't blame her for losing it. Yeah. It's like she was disrespectful on her turf. Is exactly. Your I'm glad Whoopi blasted her. I'm oh. glad she lost her. I'm glad she lost her cool. Um, you know. I, I, Okay, yeah, we don't want to get political. We'll bring it back around. Does Janine even believe what she just read? What about all the vitriol directed at President Obama? This is ridiculous. I think that Judge Pirro is basically gunning for Jeff Sessions' job. Well, they asked her about that. Yeah, they did ask about that. She was like, you could see she was I've known the president for 30 years. (laughs) We talk a lot about things. You I mean, won't, she will not get confirmed. By the way, go ahead. No, I just think it, to to sort of like move on to the next uh, topic that I personally think that you guys are right now. You brought up a point that I didn't see that she was strategic. She wanted to push her book, and she did. She thanked mm-hmm. Whoopi, and she also said she'd come back to the View. So it's all after five like vitriolic articles on page six where both sides leaked their <laughs> their version of the story. But moving on, but we we. We certainly enjoyed it. Lots to write about and lots of page views for stories like mm-hmm. this, right? Okay, so moving on next. Okay, so what was going on this week? Now, I can't remember a recent week. Now, obviously, we've been in these t- like these Me Too movement times of people being suspended and fired, and but um, this was like a more most recent memory where I can't remember like in in the same week like two very big high profile like day after another. So. Mm-hmm. To tell viewers, Thursday, James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy, very huge in the film industry and also with the fanboy crowd coming into Comic-Con weekend, was fired by Disney Marvel. They severed the relationship um, after old tweets, offensive tweets, were found, okay? I want to ask, starting off, Anita, do you think uh, Disney Marvel was justified in this firing? This is a tough one because the tweets were more than... They were almost a decade old. Yeah. Um, they were uncovered by a conservative activist who was basically out to silence Hollywood liberals yes. who disagree with President Trump. Yes. Um, I think ABC acted very quickly, a little mm-hmm. too harshly, and now there's backlash. There's a change.org petition to get Gunn reinstated, reinstated, and a lot of Hollywood insiders are coming out and saying, this is wrong. Mark, what do you think? Um, you know, I, I think... The idea that these tweets were from whatever a decade ago, mm-hmm. he was sort of like kind of like the struggling writer, comedian guy, and, yes. he, and he's spoken about in the past that I've used to say stuff that I know were not right that they provoked. You know, yeah. this isn't like he, he hid from these things. No. Um, you know, and they're they they were in poor taste, um, but a lot of it's not what you, you don't hear on Howard. You hear it on Howard Stern. Do you think he just should have used the Joy Reid strategy? I was hacked a decade ago. <laughs> I don't think that would have worked. I don't think it would have worked. My question is, why were they still out there? Um, Well, I think. I mean, even if you delete a tweet, they're still there. You can still find them. They're still in caches. Well, well, that's more the conversation like that. I wanna wanted to have about this with both of you is that. Do you think we are now in? Have we reached though a level of like insanity where? I get it. Me too was a thing that needed to happen. 
um, time's up is a thing that needed to happen. But are we living in such culturally sensitive uh, times that now 10-year-old tweets can get a person fired? Like, it seems like there's no middle step. What do you yeah, think? I think I think there's it's not black and white. I think yeah. it's very gray. I mean, I know we're going to talk about Comic-Con in a little bit, but, you know, I'm watching a trailer for the new Fantastic Beats, and there is Johnny Depp. Yeah. And there was a lot of controversy. Should they keep him in the movie after all of those Amber Heard allegations? So, you yeah. you know, you have that, but he gets to say in this gazillion dollar movie, but James Gunn has these, you know, decades old tweets that didn't, you know, allegations of physically hurting someone. Yeah. And he's been fired. So I just think each case has been different. It hasn't been consistent. No, that's... You know, it's... You know, you have Harvey Weinstein, obviously. You know, he's been taken down. He'll probably spend the rest of his life in jail. But then you have Hollywood still working with Roman Polanski. Exactly. True. The standards... That's the thing where I said... We talked... Was that the episode that you were on where we talked about how Time's Up, we we felt like has lost... To a certain degree, has lost its way because it was sort of like in everyone's face... In my view, I thought it was going to become sort of like this governing sort of body that would help police all this. Because every time I now hear internal, the words which we're going to get to the next firing, internal investigation, and I'm, I, I cringe. It's like it shouldn't even be, it's, it, to me, it's criminal to do an internal investigate. Like, I feel that when these companies are doing investigations, they've already, the higher ups have already decided how they want that to play out. Or what we know what kind of I mean, am I wrong on that? Am I just being cynical? Well, first of all, I think we need to factor in Disney is they produce family friendly content and yes. the tweets were offensive. Yeah. They were about pedophilia and yeah. rape. Yeah. Um again, I do think Disney acted abruptly. Um they fired him too quickly. Yeah. And perhaps they should not have fired him, but you know, it the tweets they were in a hard place. So I understand that. As of recently but, as... Uh, but also Disney is the same company that went and hired Roseanne. Exactly. The, it's the incon- So can we all agree it's the inconsistency? <laughs> and, and, I don't, and I don't think it's an inconsistency um, that's, that's a you know, strategic inconsistency. I yeah. just think each case has just been treated differently. And I don't think, you know, like you were talking about a governing body. This is a tough one to have a governing yeah. body on this. Yeah. Um, you know, there there are clear cases of when something is wrong and something is illegal. Exactly. It's a matter of like, okay, in that mm-hmm. internal investigation, yeah. it's all depending on who's doing the investigation. Like what you said, if they've decided they really want this person gone or to stay, that's what they're going to decide. It's true. But I don't ever recall Roseanne joking about rape. So I'll just put that out there. But the Holocaust. Do, well, in James Gunn, you, you both read, obviously, we all read his response. Yeah. I did mm-hmm. think it was eloquent laid out in like... It felt to me authentic. Like, I know I was kind of a screw-up and crazy back mm-hmm. in the day. But, you know, when you think about Hollywood creative types and just think about the kind of brain to make the movies that he makes and the kind... I, I, I mean, there's all a certain level of, like, we're not all upstairs, like, certain... You know, to do those kinds of uh, films and Eccentric. have that... You yeah. know, yeah, exactly. And there's That's something, a better word. And there's something to be said about growing up and maturing. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's... You see, I don't know, I'm, I didn't do tweets like that, but things that I did in my younger life, it's not me now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we see, time and time again, we see people losing their jobs for things they write on social media. So I just, I wonder, like, do people have friends, insiders that they can talk to? Why does everyone have to put all their business on social media? <laughs> I know. Well, that, then, Mackenzie, you, this is you as being the youngest here on the panel. By a few years. <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> um, 
you've grown up in a in a in a sort of culture that this is the norm. So what is your opinion on that? It's just sort of like that everything's out on social media, people can be like give me your opinion on that from Yeah, I mean I definitely grew up where this was since I was young and in elementary school, everybody mm-hmm. was on social media. I mean, for me, um, you know, we'll, uh, me and my friends will do group snap, um, Instagram chats, uh, that are private and we'll, we'll send, oh, uh, you know, this Hollywood star or this actress or this, and yeah. we'll kind of comment it on privately. Privately. So many people are just so used to putting it in the comment box and tagging people and then writing yeah. these nasty things. So everything's out there. But as far as the tweeting, I mean, it, it, it is. It's just so prevalent nowadays. I don't yeah. even... It's just the norm, and it's sad. Are but. you cognizant, though, like coming into the workforce the first time of like your... Because that is, by the way, kids, any any younger people aspiring to be in Hollywood, we all as a hiring manager, as hiring... We all look at your social media. <laughs> you get the resume, and the first thing you're doing is you're looking up right. before you even waste any more time into the person, like Twitter, Facebook, and, and then if you don't even have social media, that's already like, okay, bye. <laughs> 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 Just watch what you say on social Oh, yeah, right. exactly. Anyway, thank you yes, for weighing in there. Okay, so the next firing. This one was shocking to me. Okay, so I'm going to get in the weeds here because a little bit for um, Paramount TV president Amy Powell. Mm-hmm. This is much more like an industry-centric story than a broader because, but obviously to give viewers, Amy Powell oversees all of uh, Paramount television shows. And this week they are working on a First Wives Club reboot. And she was shockingly, on Thursday, a memo came out from Jim Giannopoulos, who runs all of, um, you know, the studio, that she was fired, that they terminated her. She had just taken this role over, like, five years ago, and she had been at Paramount, like, 15, 14 or 15 years, for what they described as racially charged comments during a uh, production notes call for the First Wives Club reboot, which is being actually penned, co-written by Tracy um, Oliver, Mm -hmm. that wrote Girls Trip. Okay, so what's our? I mean, I want to just ask. She vehemently denies it. She mm-hmm. uh, the allegations. Mark, what do you think? You know, I I think it's a tough one. I think you know, uh, what when you hear Jim release a statement that says we did an investigation over several days, boom, gone. Yeah. Either I'm like, what did she do that it was so bad that it only took us several days to figure it out? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? And. Or, you know, did they want her out? Exactly. Anita, in all the facts that you read in the story and all the reporting collectively, Mm -hmm. what do you think? The immediate thing that came to my mind was they wanted to get rid of her. Yes. Um, I was like, what did she say that was so offensive? And then we heard that she was on a conference call and she may have allegedly made a comment about angry black women. Um, And this was in response to a tweet from Tracy Oliver, who had a bad day, was upset with some things that were going on with her show. She's a showrunner. And she took to Twitter and talked about where's the Me Too for, quote, race, S-H-I-T. So, again, we come back to why are people putting everything on social social media? media. Amy Powell brought this up in a meeting. Um, Whatever she said, people say was inappropriate. But, again, for her to be fired from a top-tier position over that – um, and later it came out that she was not popular at Paramount. 
Um, she was, quote, aggressive, which is a phrase that they use about female executives often, but you never hear them saying this about men. Right. So that's a major problem that I have. Yeah. Um, she was a holdover from Brad Gray's administration. He was a former head of Paramount. He died last year. Yes. So I think there's a lot more at play. And Politically, I, behind the scenes. I don't think she's going to go quietly. And well, she said she's not she going quietly. She said she's not going quietly. She said, I will be vindicated. Yes. That's the thing where I have known of Amy Powell through the industry circles. And it's to me like when this one sort of thing happens and you're like, she has a body of a career where. But, um, and that's what I was saying. I was like, you're, you're does like, she have a. Is this a consistent behavior that she's been doing in sensitive thing? It literally just sounds like it's just this one thing. And I'm not excusing it. I'm not excusing it, it either. But is that a reason to just get rid of someone who's been quite successful? I mean, there's a woman who's bringing, you know, George Clooney back to television. Exactly. Which is pretty major. And the thing about this whole situation was I felt like it's like you're already make this like Jim or whoever makes the call on like who, who if they wanted her out. You're already building in your mind, and I felt like she did something that they're like, we got it. Mm-hmm. Now we got our exit. It was basically yeah. like, because they have like, like uh, their contracts are all written in a way that you can't get rid of people so easy, but then. You, you need a moral They're like, oh, she just yeah. pitched us one, yeah. you know. I think it was more like, but you know, in that situation, it's just kind of like, negotiate her out and just buy her out. Like, if that was the exactly. case. It's, she's not going to go quietly, and I don't think she should, because someone, for her to say she's vehemently denying it. Um, she's going to fight. So it's like she wouldn't have gone out there. She's like, the facts will vindicate me. I have to, though, say one thing, because, Mark, you brought it up. You said unless there was a pattern. You know what immediately came to mind was the Sony hack with the Amy Pascal yeah. and internal, like, remember there was offensive emails, like, about Obama. Yeah. about, And it had these, I think, again, Hollywood for a long time being run by predominantly white men, straight men, and then women came into, but also, you know, straight women were just at a point where it's like getting diverse of mm-hmm. who ran it. I think there could have been a certain level of like that was acceptable before and people make jokes like that. We don't know what her history is and I'm not going to make any assumptions about it. But I did think Amy Pascal with that Obama email, remember? Cause that, yeah. I thought the Kevin Hart uh, comments were worse. Yes. Um, you know, he's a W-H-O-R-E because yes. he wanted to be paid to promote his films exactly. on his social media yeah. platforms. Um, I mean, I'm just going to say two things about this. You and I have both been in management. Yes. We know that when you want to get rid of someone, you start making a list <laughs> yes. and checking it twice. Exactly. And I feel like that's <laughs> what happened. No, I agree. Um, I Having been in the situation with a studio that shall remain nameless... That happens. It's I've been there. So it's yeah. just like they've already made the decision. Now they're just waiting for you to do something that they can actually solidify the decision. Exactly. And in newsrooms, you know, some wild stuff is said. Now, I don't know about a conference call, but you know yeah. the language can I mean, be that, raw. Right. I mean, that, and that's the thing. It's, you know, it's, again, you go back to this. We're talking about a creative community. Things mm-hmm. are being said. Yes. And when does it cross over to the point where you get fired. Exactly. And I think that when you worked in Hollywood for a longer time, like these veterans, we were used to, and we came up at a time where it's like, you're used to being able to, you feel like you're in a trusted space. Mm -hmm. It's creative. You're making, even with the Netflix firing that happened a couple weeks ago, not to say that guy was like, (laughs) he was a repeat offender. He was on here. He was on (laughs) here. Anyway. Um, I think we've all made good points. And you actually gave me a good segue to go into speaking of Unhinged. Um, Roseanne Barr's back, everybody. She's not going away anytime soon and not going away quietly. But, okay, 
let's just run this video really fast, and then we will we will talk. Hello, hello. Give me a level. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Okay. Oh, you said I'm in three outfits. Well, here's the problem. Like, imagine. Are you filming? Yeah. Yes. Imagine a presidential address, like you're busted with a killing a hooker, like whatever, right? What? Just no. Hear me out. And they say tonight the president's going to give his address, and they and then the camera fades out, and it's fucking the president on his desk in the Oval Office, and he's like, "I did not have sex with that hooker, right?" Imagine in his statement to keep and save his job, there were jump cuts, multiple outfits, different. Sex. I'm trying to talk about Iran. I'm trying to talk about. Jarrett wrote the Iran deal. I know, but you've told me this 300 times. Do you know that a... That's what my tweet was about. I know. You've explained this literally 300 times. I thought the bitch was white. God damn it. I thought the bitch was white. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Whew. Okay, coming back in from that. Okay, so I just want to start with this question. Has this reached, like, Charlie Sheen, Tiger Blood winning status now with this? Because I am trying to rack my brain to understand. It's on her YouTube page. Mm -hmm. So either this is some really strategic strategy that we are not knowing what they're trying to do here. Like, Painter is, like, broken down crazy to, like, get sympathy. Oh, she's mentally ill to, like, who knows? What do you think? I think either one of two things are happening. Yeah. She is completely out of control, and the people in her life need to do an intervention. Yes. Um, either that or this was staged. And I'm going to go with staged because the gentleman who was in the background was laughing. He was chuckling when she was making these outrageous comments. This was so highly offensive. Yes. And I feel bad for Valerie Jarrett. Why the heck is Roseanne obsessed with Valerie Jarrett? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, why is she obsessed with half the things she tweets about? Mark, what do you think? Is this is this literally a mentally ill women unraveling before our eyes on YouTube? Or is this a... Str- uh, like a very strategic, well-laid plan. I actually think it's both. Okay. I think, you know, she does have a history of mental illness that I don't think is a secret, that I don't yeah. think most people deny who were part of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, so you take that and then, you know, double that with trying, someone's trying to dig herself out of this hole that she really put herself in. Um, this could be strategic. Uh, what, I, what I'm very curious about is what that heck was the guy talking about i don't oh he was so oh, to give you just a little he was talking about that pretend you're making a presidential mm-hmm. address like looking straight to camera apologizing for being caught with like a hooker which was probably like a slight to say like it wasn't trump because she's a trump supporter but probably produced, bill clinton what produced, or, yeah, but what you know. producer was this like what I don't it's know. either that's what the question is like it's probably is this one of her yes people then yes. like, like one, of our, one, of our, one of our friends yes. Yes. like so I mean, you know, when she's sitting there smoking the cigarette and yeah. um and she just starts screaming and then someone said at the end, "We got it, let's post it." Yeah. That's where it gets really weird and that's really where it weird. gets like strategic. It's totally bizarre, but guess what? We're still it makes us talk about her. We'll still be talking about her. It's true. Yeah, it's I true, just... but but you know, we're talking about her but who's benefiting? I mean, is she? I don't think so. I don't think she is unless like I said, she could have some like really strategic like fixer right now that's telling her go on oh, look look really dis- no. I don't believe that what, I don't her, believe that. what fixer would recommend that outlandish behavior <laughs> yeah. Yeah. certainly not Olivia Pope I'll tell you that much okay moving on we know what we're praying for you Roseanne we really are 
Um, but we do like the, the headlines. We do like the headlines. Oh. Unhinged, yeah. uh, bizarre. <laughs> I mean, and just the screenshots alone that people... Anyway, moving on. Comic-Con. Uh, we just want to talk a little bit quickly, as quickly as possible, because as you can tell, I really love Comic-Con. Um, uh, I'm, I've managed 20 years of my career to never go. <laughs> I like I, You know what? I've been to Comic-Con many times. I've always enjoyed it. It's, Maybe I'm weird. Have you really? Yeah. I mean, that said, I'm not dressed like, you know, a Teletubby running around Hall H, you know, trying to get a picture with a, you know, Princess Leia drag queen. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've always enjoyed it. That said, you know, when I was there, I was in a suite and I was doing interviews for E! News. So I wasn't in the craziness so of it. So you got like, that's like a VIP Comic-Con. I wouldn't call it VIP. <laughs> yeah. But. <laughs> okay. So sort of. you weren't brave in like smelly, small, like smelly Hall H. I did anything, go to Hall like, H. I'm telling you. And okay. I took many pictures of people in very bizarre cosplay of characters that I've never heard of. God bless people who love it. But I just, I couldn't imagine. I'd, I'd rather get a root canal without Novocaine than go. But anyway, <laughs> let's talk about, though, this is what was interesting to me. Coming off the two weeks where all of this controversy over the Scarlett uh, Johansson trans casting, mm-hmm. I found it interesting that I don't remember a time during Comic-Con where there was so much emphasis on these diversity castings. And I don't know if that's just, and I want to ask you, Mark, start this. Is that just because we're in a place in Hollywood where we're white diversifying? Or was this almost, it felt contrived coming off the week after Scarlet? Then it's like, Supergirl's cast? No, okay. I, I don't think it's contrived in that sense because, first of all, this casting has probably been in the works before yes. the Scarlet um, news broke. Okay. I do, like what you said, I do think there is you know there is a call for diversity in yeah. Hollywood. And I think yeah. there are people who are stepping up to the plate. The people like the Greg Berlantes of the world are stepping up to the plate and saying, we need diversity. And part of that diversity is, you know, gender um, representation um, and uh, diversity. And I think, you know, it does seem like, you know, th- there was the Laverne Cox um, Time Magazine, the trans tipping yes. point. Yeah. And I don't think that was the tipping point. I think we're still we're still in it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it's amazing what they've done. It is coincidental I think it all happens yeah around the exactly thing, because it was but. in it was in the works and yeah. for, for the audience because I kind of backed into that I apologize but uh, Supergirl um, from Greg Berlanti cast the first ever trans uh, superhero mm-hmm. and so she and she's an activist I believe yeah she's um, an activist what's amazing about her is um, a few years ago she she sued her school um, because her school was saying um, that she had to use the staff bathroom rather than the girls' bathroom. Uh, um, and she went to courts, and the courts ruled in her favor and found that there was discrimination going on. Got so it. So there's someone who's coming in with sort of this activism background, and now she's well, good thing she sued them before Betsy DeVos was in uh, charge of schools. Yeah. Anyway. I thought we're not talking politics. No politics. <laughs> uh, the other story, though, that also hit me was that the Buffy reboot they dropped during Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Okay, but they're doing it with a black uh, Buffy this time. Okay, what is your feeling on that? Did you watch the first series first I of all? didn't watch the first What's series, and I'm not a Comic-Con person. I'm not a cosplayer or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think diversity... <laughs> <laughs> you, don't dress, you don't dress up as Game know. of Thrones on the weekend? <laughs> no, but I think... I have some photos from your old Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. We're, we're living in times where... There is an emphasis on diversity. Look, this country is diverse, yes. okay? And shows with diverse casts are killing it. Yeah. And I have to admit, 
I don't watch shows like Friends where I don't see people who look like me. So I'm embracing the diversity that Hollywood is bringing to the table. Yeah, I agree. I just don't want everything to be the black version of, the gay version of. I want, like, some originality. You That's know? true, you. but one, one black character on a show is not the black version. No, right. and right. that's, well, that's just yeah. like, I absolutely adore, like, the show Younger, but it was, like, five seasons in before they brought, like, an African-American mm-hmm. to the cast, which I'd actually asked about when I did, like, a panel, but that's digressing. But hold on, I want to make one point here, because Buffy, the, it's what you just said, Mark. This may be an unpopular opinion to also say, but, like, I th- are, they're diversifying, but are they doing it the right way? In a lot of cases, I don't think so, because it's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer with Sarah Michelle Gellar, was that um, was that audience even good? Like, they're like, oh, we're going to do an African-American Buffy. Is it even like a, an appealing show for an urban audience? Like, is that what they want to watch? To me, it feels weird. Well, I think they're. I think they're. They're going to retool the whole thing and make okay. it for today's audience. So okay. you know, I don't think they're just going to take. You you know this. They're not just going to take the the old scripts and just say, and okay, just, here's yeah. a black Buffy. You say those yeah. lines. So I think they're going to make it. You know, they're going to make it different. You know, listen, there are shows like <clears throat> the reboot of Dynasty. Um, you don't like? I like it actually. I just but, I'm yeah, original Dynasty I'm queen. Original t- like yeah. like you know. <laughs> Don't. We'll have you know, a side not, note about not that. I'll convince say. you into that. Okay. No, no. Okay. <laughs> um, no. I, don't, I don't know if it's necessarily for the African-American audience. I mean, I don't know a soul who watched Buffy. I so. think, to me, it was it was the thinking maybe, like, off the success of Black Panther, because that's the only thing I could put to, because I'm just thinking, like, I feel like we, like One Day at a Time on Netflix was an example where they did have success in that they changed it. They, yeah. they made it like Latin version of it. But there's so many where you read like – like for instance, The First Wives Club. To me, it's not a reboot. It's like not a reboot of The First Wives Club if it's now an all-African-American version. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just do a new show that's like these women were married? Let's look at One Day at a Time with, an all, with the Latino cast. My. I don't know why they're doing this. I'm assuming that yeah. these shows are making money. Um, and that yeah. they're bringing in an audience. I haven't seen the reboot it one day at a time. Um, but it's really good. It's funny. Really nice. yeah. It's funny. But yeah. They have to be making money off these shows, and people have to be watching, or they wouldn't keep doing it. But uh, we don't know because Netflix and Amazon. Yeah, they don't tell. They us. don't yeah, tell that's, us. That's, that's true. It's so interesting to me because I feel like Netflix is sort of in this spot where um, there's the shows that do make the money, and mm-hmm. then they disperse the other shows to do sort of like, well, we kind of need to do this show over there. But if a show is doing miserably, Netflix will cancel it. Okay. Any other standouts? Because you're more of a film guy, Mark. I mean, like listen, from Comic Con, I mean, highlights, the, lowlights. I mean, there's the Aquaman trailer. Okay. And listen, I'm very excited about Aquaman because yeah. I think Jason Momoa is just could do no wrong because I just want to stare at him all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but um, it has Oscar winner Nicole Kidman yes. playing his mother, and okay. um, the trailer does not say Wait, with Oscar. Nicole I, Kidman's playing Jason Momoa's mother. We're talking about the superhero world. Like, don't don't yeah, try to think of reality. Oh, okay. yeah, don't overtake it. And then you have Amber Heard in a wig that is just the most bizarre color. Um, they, at one point, Aquaman called her a redhead. I'm like, it's not really red. Oh, and it's God. just an ugly wig. Um, <laughs> but I'm still looking forward to it. Okay. Then there's Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. Which is a whole big thing because Chris Pine's character, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Wonder Woman, he yeah. dies at the end. Yes. But he's going to be in this 1984 version, apparently. Um, now, my question is, is like, Wonder Woman going to have shoulder pads and scrunchies and like be doing aerobics? <laughs> is it going to be Gail Godot? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. of course. Yeah. Oh, Patty she was, Jenkins. She was yeah. there. Her she dress there. made headlines yeah. with the fringe. With the purple fringe. Yeah. yeah. This is great. Um, okay. And then I do have to talk about Shazam. Yeah. Which I remember like when I was little watching a Shazam cartoon and yeah. Zachary Levi's playing Shazam. And the other day they released the first photos of it. I'm like, this is a, is this something on Comedy Central? Yeah, no. I thought it was like a spoof. Okay, thank you. That cover, I thought the same thing. Like, everyone, like, he put, he retweeted it and he was like, hey. And they were doing some cute thing where, like, the day before he sort of, like, it was like a pre tweet before the big tweet. And I did, I looked at the cover and I went, I thought it was a joke. I I was like, is this really what the character looks like? And I was just, and I liked Zachary Levi, but I was like, what is this? And I watched the trailer and it's DC's version of trying to be Guardians of the Galaxy. It's just, you know, funny, silly, no one very, be original. very self-aware. <laughs> well, but, that, but okay, that's been I've, DC's problem. My DC's God. Problem. I won't so be going to see dark. any of this. So. Me neither. Yeah. Hey, also, Black um, Panther is like the Aquaman. only superhero movie I went to a theater yeah. to see. Every other superhero movie I was dragged to watch in a house, mm-hmm. but it was like, not my thing. God uh, bless I, people I, that I will love say them. it's my thing. My husband loves them. Um, I do love going. Not all of them are great. Yeah. Um, but I'll go see them. I like okay. to see what they're going to do. And the Aquaman thing, I just like Jason Momoa's hair flowing in the water. Mm. Do you like Atlanta. superhero movies? I saw Wonder Woman McKenzie. in theaters and I loved it. I also saw the latest um, Spider Man. Yeah. Where it was a hit, younger version Tom of him. I do like Tom so, Holland as Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah. I love them. Iron Man, I'm such a fan. My family is such a fan, so. Good. Okay. Um, okay, so. That does that about wrap up Comic Con. Anything else standing out? I mean, there's obviously That's, news every five minutes in yeah, my kind inbox, of news, but news like in the sense of like, here's a trailer, here's yeah. a trailer, here's a trailer. Yeah. So then you know what? Let's move on to a great topic that we all love to. Or actually, just before we move to that, anything else just in Hollywood? Because I know you wrote a great article about like Denzel with the box office, right? Yeah, Denzel. I mean, Denzel is killing it. What more can I say? His Literally, movie, an Equalizer. Have you seen oh, Equalizer 2? Equalizer 2. It was extremely violent. I had to cover my eyes for yeah. parts of it. But this movie surpassed expectations. The reviews were lukewarm. Critics, uh, I think one critic called it violence porn. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But Denzel has this fan base that comes out for his movies. And it's such a change from last weekend with the Rocks movie Skyscraper not meeting expectations and, and struggling. Mm, I know. Um, but, you know, Denzel, he's not always in the headlines. He's not on social media. We yeah. see Denzel when he has a movie. And he doesn't make a whole lot of movies. I think The Rock has made like five action movies in the past 18 months. In the past week. (laughs) I'm not knocking The Rock, but I'm just saying there's the difference. And so Equalizer 2 beat Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, which all analysts expected it to like kill. And it did. They both did very very well. But Denzel really killed it. So with the Mamma Mia, because did you see it? Mamma Mia, no. No, you didn't see the the the, the sequel either. Mm-hmm. Oh, the first one I saw, but not yeah. but not the sequel. sequel. Right. It was interesting because when everyone came back from London doing the the junket. press junket, they were all speaking highly of it. But then I remember reading like pre articles before that it was like going to be the worst sequel ever. But I guess it kind of is like one of those things where the industry buzz yeah, before. Yeah, it's weird mixed reviews, but I think yeah. the Equalizer too. It's like to me, like I have fun with those movies. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. Re- it's really graphic. It's really violent. But Denzel just—he's playing Denzel, beating the crap out of people. I mean, that's literally—you really feel it. like it's and Denzel. The fact yeah. that he's a Lyft driver in the movie—I mean, how it's great. unbelievable but, uh, but is here's that? The best. I went to the premiere. I covered the premiere for Hollywood Reporter, and I said to him, "I said, do you even take? Do you get a discount to Lyft now?" And he's like, "I don't take Lyft. <laughs> like, why would I take a Lyft? I have my own car. I don't drink." 
<laughs> and I was just like, okay, Lyft is pissed now. Yes. Like, and oh they God. branded that. Like, you saw the oh, logo, they... how much in the movie. Yeah. Then even at the party at the premiere, the DJ booth, booth was a branded Lyft. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, and even when the premiere, going to the premiere, you got a coupon for 25% mm-hmm. off to yeah. go back and forth. I want to know how, literally I tweeted, how much did Lyft pay for this branding. Well, and another problem, too, was Ashton. I can't remember his last name. The young man from Moonlight who is in the movie. So, I read your article, (laughs) and he said, oh, yeah, I use uh, rideshare all the time, but not Lyft. I use Uber. Yeah, he said Uber's my... And I I was even (laughs) shocked when he said that. I was like... Lyft's like sponsoring this like, movie. Lyft paid like, a lot of money for but, this. Oh my god, that's funny. Now he'll have to make good. Is he on? It had a compelling storyline. Yeah. yeah, and um, I thought it was better than the original Equalizer. So kudos to Denzel Antoine Fuqua, Although, the director. The original Equalizer had the corkscrew killing moment. Well, it did, but it was so it was so ridiculous. I mean, really quickly to wrap us up. In our segment we call Overheard Hollywood, mm-hmm. each of you, 30 seconds to a minute, give us something uh, the audience would be interested in knowing you're working on or something you've heard, anything. Okay, in the past week on Urban Hollywood 401, I broke a story um, that divorce court has left L.A. after 19 years. Now, it had been out there that the show left for Atlanta. I saw it on social media, but I yeah. reached out to the showrunner, and she did an interview with me and said they did it because Georgia offered incentives. Yeah. But my question is, after she revealed to me that she said, quote, there's a shortage of talent in, in Atlanta. Okay. Directors, producers. Yeah. So they ended up bringing all the senior staff to Atlanta. So are you really saving money? Because all the relocation fees. And yeah. Is there really that lack of talent? Atlanta's such like a little Yeah. Hub. It feels like um, a little hub right but, now. But she explained to me, and I actually, I talked to two people on background who were offered jobs on the show, one in yeah. New York, one in LA. They didn't want to go. But they said, all three of them said, a lot of production is done in Georgia and Louisiana. But the crew members are usually from L.A. and New York. They go, they stay temporarily, and then they go home. So these people are not, like, building up this big base of talent in Georgia. Got it. Check out that story on Anita's blog again, Urban uh, Hollywood 411. Mark? Um, tomorrow night I'm going to see Mission Impossible, the Ooh. new Mission Impossible. Oh, everyone's so raving about raving it. About it. And I've been working on this story for Architectural Digest, which is basically, like, breaking down I've watched all five the other day. Yeah. Um, breaking down every location in Mission Impossible and is it the real location and who's what location subbed for the location? That's cool. And Will it be online or just the magazine? Online. 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 Okay, yeah, good, good. Yeah. So architect and we'll look for that this week. This week. The end okay, of the week. Great. But I can't wait to see this week. Everyone's like going crazy. And literally watching the first five in a matter of a week, you really saw how good one they are and how bad they can be. Can be. Uh, I can't wait to see it. Tom Cruise and Angela Bassett winning combination. I want to see yeah. Henry Cavill personally, but that's just with the mustache. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. yeah sure. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Yeah. Thank you, Anita. <laughs> Thank you, Mark, for joining us. Um, and. Well, Mackenzie, you want to tell everybody where they can find the show? Absolutely. Okay. You can watch us on AfterBuzz TV slash YouTube. Subscribe to MTHP on Apple Podcasts. Rate it. Give us a review. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Meet the Hollywood Press. And on Twitter at Meet the HWD Press. Perfect. Thank you. Join us next week.
from executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.